Breaks are often something that is taken for granted until you don't have them. Now, today we're going to talk about why price should not be a deciding factor when you're choosing brake pads, what the difference is between different brake pads like Sintered and Organic and which is right for your bike, and as well, how the type of brake pad affects your rotor wear. And then we're going to find out exactly what brake fade is and what gas has to do with brake fade and a bunch more other things really interesting to do with motorcycle brakes. And as always, we turn to experts for the answer. And for this one, we have motorcycle brake experts from EBC Brakes, both in the US and the UK, all coming up today. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manikin. Simon Austin Vince. Simon Pavey. Brian Phil. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Carl Parker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Elspeth Jansen, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Before we get started, I want to thank these fine companies that helped get this episode out today. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters. CyclePump.com So if you find yourself staring at the brake pad offerings for your motorcycle, maybe wondering why there's a huge price difference between one or another, or wondering what's the difference between organic or sintered, well, you're not alone. It's a confusing process. And I think it can often appear to be price-driven. You know, choose whatever pad you can afford or that fits your budget or what you feel like spending. That isn't the way to choose it at all. We're going to find that out today. And, and what about the dreaded brake fade? We don't find it too much with motorcycles. You certainly find it with automobiles still. What is brake fade? Why does it happen? And how can you make sure you do not fall victim are some of the topics that we're going to cover today. To get the scoop on brake pads, we turn to EBC Brakes. EBC Brakes has the largest range of brake pads and, and brake discs in the world. And they've been doing it for over 60 years. All right, so my name is Steve. I am with EBC Brakes. I'm the technical manager here at the U.S. office based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Steve, great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having us. Let's start off by talking about the different compounds, because I think this is probably the area of confusion for most people when they go to look at brake pads. You, you look up your motorcycle and you'll see three different sets of, of pads that fit your bike, wildly different in price, with these uh, names on them of organic or sintered or semi-sintered. Can we talk about those to begin with? Yeah, uh, of course. So the difference in the brake pads, I, I like to can compare them to tires is a tire is not always just a tire. There's different compounds, there's different riding abilities, riding skills. So you, with the brake pads, along with tires is you buy the tire or the brake pad to suit your riding style or your riding capabilities, um, where there's going to be a high performance leader bike on a close course, 
or if it's just your average desert rider who's just out with the family riding around. So like you said, we have our organic materials, we have our semi-centered materials, and then we have the different types of centered materials. Um, and it's just the compounds and the materials that we use in the different ones and all of the different types of riding styles that those pads can be used for, whether it's wet and muddy conditions, uh, long haul Harley Davidson riding, or like you guys, the uh, adventure tour customer. Okay. Let's break down what is organic, what is centered, what makes the differences between them. So I guess just start with organic. The main thing is, is the manufacturing processes behind them. So your organic is going to be more so towards like your OEM style brake pad uh, that'll give like really good fingertip feel on it. Very low disc attack characteristics uh, with medium life wears on it. And it's just the different types of materials. What's it made of? It's made of uh, aramid fibers uh, and organic materials. What, what is organic materials? It's, it's, this is an interesting word because it's used a lot in different fields. And it seems like you could trace everything back to some sort of organic source. Yeah, it's kind of just like a broad term that everybody kind of uses because everybody has their own special types of formulas and materials that they like to use in their uh, organic materials. So it's about it's multiple different materials that go into it as far as uh, like brass and Kevlars and, and those types of things. Now, how is it made? Is it is it to use heat? Is it just glued together? Uh, so it is used with heat, and on our organics, we use the null cap system, right? And it's uh, so the null cap system is actually it's a Canadian company that designed it, and it's a bunch of hooks on the backing uh, backing pad that adheres it to the backing plate. So you pretty much alleviate the the chances of delamination. So what, what that was a problem in the past, I assume. Yeah, it was a problem in the past for just the brake industry together. And then, sorry, one thing that I forgot to mention on it is it's uh, compressed down onto the onto the backing plate. Okay, so under pressure and some heat. So what about sintered then? What is sintered? So sintered is going to be different materials, and it's actually a sintered brake pad is the process of how it is made. Um, so it's, uh, it's all done by heat and different types of, of heat ranges and kilns. Yes, yes. This is uh, Centrin, um, I'd like to say it's a new system, but it's not. It's been around for quite a while, but Centrin. Yes, that's a new voice. That's uh, Gary Taylor. Uh, it's Gary Taylor from EBC Brakes. I'm the technical manager here in Northampton HQ. I deal with everything motorcycle. Now, Gary's from the EBC office in the UK, and he's going to he's gonna talk a little bit about Centrin here. So Centrin, Gary, what is Centrin? Yes, this is uh, Centrin. Um, I'd like to say it's a new system, but it's not. It's been around for quite a while. But Centrin is uh, a material that deals with the heat better. So the Centrin, a centered pad will have a higher temperature than the disc itself. Oh, wow. If that makes sense. I didn't realize that. A higher temperature rating. Oh, okay. Well, what is Centrin and, and how is it made? So Centrin is um it's a process where um it's a formulation of made up of copper particles basically um and when the mix is pressed to form the pad shape it's cold and the copper particles cold well together so it's just like um a bit like making a cake and and then when you stick that in the oven and you get it up to temperature 
all of those copper particles with all the other materials that are in that mix then fuse together. Um, and that's what is the sintering process is, basically. So so with sintering, the, the sintering process, kind of a baking process, I guess, in a way, in your, in your analogy of making a cake, that sintering process is you get it to a, a temperature where the things start to fuse, the particles start to fuse together, but they're not actually melting and becoming one clump. Yes. And what it, what's the advantage of that? Why not have it one clump? It, it, that's, that's a difficult one. It, we, it is one clump, and, and it's not quite one lump of metal because it's it's all those different materials that are in that mix that um, gives us our friction coefficient. I see. So having the, the, the different materials, that's what grips the disc as you're applying the brakes. Yes. So why would you want a sintered pad over an, an organic pad? Okay, so um, sintered is um, a lot more dense than an organic pad. If you was to break that friction puck, for want of a better word, in half, an organic pad is quite coarse, whereas a sintered pad is a lot finer in the centre. Um, and and it's, resi- it's got a lot better wear resistance and it's got a lot longer life now does that mean it's harder on the rotor itself yes and no Um, the disc material is stainless steel so there's different grades of stainless steel we use a mill mill rolled stainless steel that comes from germany Um, and it's 420 i think is their cut is the code and that's a very dense stainless steel and our pad material works really well with that stainless. So if you um, was to use a sintered material on a cast iron disc for argument's sake, let's take it all the way back to how discs were, um, the sintered material would wear the cast iron disc a lot quicker. And, and the whole idea of a brake pad, of having that material there, is not only to create friction, but it's also to ab- absorb the wear, isn't it? So that we're not wearing our discs out before we wear our pads out. Yeah, so we're using a pad material that um, can go up to a really high temperature and a disc material that, again, that can go up to a high temperature, but it's, um, it's made in such a way that it deals with the heat and gets rid of that heat so it doesn't get too hot. Okay. Is there anything else you think we should know about sintering with brake pads? One of the other differences between organic and sintered is the organic pad, as I might have mentioned earlier, is with the way that the friction material is bonded to the back plate. And it's just used, it's just bonded with an adhesive. Whereas the sintered pad has a process called NRS. So NRS is where we create an area that the pad sits on with a lots of um, sharp hooks. Um, my best description of that is a bit like knurling a bar. You know, when you put that grippy knurling around the bar, mm-hmm. so you've got some grip there. So the NRS is the same, but it's a lot more aggressive and the, the, it's a lot sharper. And then that helps the friction material bond to the surface of the back plate. Was there a problem or is there a problem or a chance of the organic pads separating from the backing plate? Yeah, if, you, if you're, if you've got, it's a, it's a typical scenario when, you, when you've got a little dirt bike in the barn 
and, and you've not used it for a year, maybe two years, and you pull it out of the barn and the brakes are slightly stuck on and you release them brakes and it just pulls the friction material off the back plate because there's a little bit of corrosion got in there because the back plate on an organic pad is just a painted piece of steel, whereas the sintered pad is copper-coated. The back plate is copper-coated, which helps with corrosion. And then because of the NRS, then that doesn't, you know, corrosion can get in there, but it won't separate the, the friction material from the back plate. Now, I would imagine that the, the backing plate that's glued on, the organic pad, doesn't transfer heat as well as as what the uh, NRS system does on the sintered pads. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It deals with it much better. Right. So this is why we're paying more money for sintered pads. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and the only time you shouldn't run sintered pads is when? Good question. Um, I always advise people to um, to go sintered. It offers them the best performance. And when we really need our brakes in that emergency scenario, that's when the sintered will really look after you. With an organic pad, um, it won't wear the disc. It shines, buffs the disc up, if you like. It, it, it does... It doesn't create any grooving on the disc, for want of a better word. It, um, it it puts like a layer of material on the disc, which is what the organic pad grips. Whereas the sintered pad, and this is a thinking that a lot of people in the motorcycle world at the moment, they think that um, a sintered pad wears their disc out quite quickly. It does quicker than an organic pad. However, you can do a good... Now, we've had some tests where we've done 40 to 50,000 miles on a set of discs with just sintered pads. That's pretty good going. So how much faster than organic pads would they wear on a disc? Um, never done that exercise. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess that's the question, isn't it? When you, If you were debating, if you were able to run either organic or sintered and you're, you're sort of debating, you're thinking, okay, well, I know these rotors can get expensive, how much faster am I going to be wear, wearing this rotor out? I mean, would I get half the life, three quarters of life? Uh, it's going to be three quarters or more. At oh, least. Or more. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's... Uh, uh, 50,000 50, miles on a set of rotors with sintered pads is, is pretty good going. So if you sort of think about that and keep that in mind, 50,000 miles, um, organic pads would last that again but you would go through a lot more organic pads than you would sintered pads in that time mm, that's a that's a good thought process so here's the calculation then yes your rotors are going to last longer but you're going to go through a lot more organic pads and you're not going to have the performance that you get out of the sintered pad yeah yeah wow. okay this makes a lot of sense. So you, with the organic pad, um, it's going to be a softer uh, brake pad. The sintered pad is going to be much harder. Correct, yes. Okay, this is back to Stephen Woolner from EBC USA. Where does ceramic fit into this? The ceramics will go into uh, mostly our X-pad or in our, in our organics. Okay, and, and what is ceramic? That's just like uh, just different materials that you like to use in it, and the ceramics, it... It's a softer compound. It's very, very minimal. It's just the types of compounds that's always been used in brake pads. And semi-sintered? So semi-sintered will be uh, 
the different types of organics mixed with the sintering process of it with some coppers introduced to it. Okay. So how do, uh, or what are the, what are the characteristics of these brake pads? Uh, which ones? Uh, well, as, as let's go through them. Let's start with organic and go through. So your organic pad, the characteristics of it is going to be a softer brake pad. So slightly softer feel with the brake lever, um, finger pull or your rear pedal. Um, like I said, that's going to be so much toward, more towards like an OEM feel on some of the bigger cruisers. Uh, the X pad will have a slightly more stiffer pedal, uh, lever feel just because you're starting to get into the different types of semi-centereds. And then going into the centered compounds, you'll have more of the, uh, a stiffer feel, um, a grabbier pad, so to say. Is, is the centered pad basically a metal pad? As far as just the materials that are in it? Yeah, as far as the materials, the, the actual friction material itself. Um, it's a combination of different things, but there are some metals in there, but it's a, it's a combination of about, I believe it's 40 different things up to it, 80, 80% copper though. Mm, wow, so that's that's a lot. Yeah, it's quite a bit of copper in there. Okay, so, and what are the characteristics of the sintered pad? So your sintered pad, you're starting with uh, like our double H pad is going to be more gra more of a grabby pad, um, a lot more responsive and longer life, longer lasting pad. Okay, so you've got an organic pad, which is softer. You've got the sintered pad, which is harder. Mm -hmm. As far as, I guess the, the organic pad is going to fade a little bit faster? Correct, yes. And then the, uh, the centered pad can pretty much handle any type of uh, terrain you can throw at it. So if you're like for the adventure, adventure tour guy, uh, that can be used, like I was saying, on the street or if they are coming up to their trailhead and they're going to be crossing over rivers or muddy areas, the centered pad would be a really good pad for that. Okay. And what's the, um, the downside of, of let's start with organic? Downside of organic is, like you said, it will fade a little bit. It does hold in heat a little bit more. And once you start introducing it into different types of uh, muddy, wet areas, that's where you'll kind of start seeing the weaknesses of it. The organic pad is a very good pad for street riding. It's not so much of an off-road style pad. Um, and you want to keep it pretty much in a, uh, a dry environment for on the road. Mm. And if you over, they, they can be overheated. Correct. Yes, they can be overheated. So um, if you do have a customer who is wanting to take their motorcycle to the track, um, you're not going to want to use an organic uh, material. Okay. But the, the upside, I guess, is it's easy on the rotors. Yes, it will be a little bit easier on the rotor. And if somebody is not used to a more responsive pad, if they're a little bit heavier on the brake lever, uh, then it's a good pad for that. Okay. And downsides of the centered pad? Uh, downside to the center pad, there's really not much downside to them. Um, the other big misconception is a lot of people believe that a center pad will be really harsh on the rotor. Um, and that's not the case at all. They are slightly harder on the rotors, but it's not like a dramatic amount. Um, the easiest way I, I explain it is, and this is just generalized terminology on it, is if a manufacturer says you're supposed to get 100 miles out of that rotor, 
the centered pad may shorten it down to 96 miles kind of thing. So it, it's very, very minimal on it. Um, I guess the one downside, if I had to pick one, is if somebody's not used to the grabbiness of the pad, um, they may have to readjust their braking styles. Mm, okay. Yeah, I was thinking that the rotor was taking much more wear than that. So that that's probably not a huge, I mean, although rotors can be very, very expensive depending on what bike you're running. Yes. So and I, there's different types of solid rotors and floating rotors. So, uh, the, yeah, rotors could get very expensive depending on the year, make, and model of, of the motorcycle. So if, if someone's going to buy a brake pad for their motorcycle, are they restricted at all by what the manufacturer says or can they put any pad on any bike? So you sometimes you are restricted by it. So the way that we manufacture our, our brake pads and what, how we list it for the different types of motorcycles is we kind of take the OEM recommendations. So if the motorcycle comes with a centered pad, then we're, that's what we're going to start off by listing is a centered pad. We may offer that pad also in an organic, but we may not list it for that motorcycle because the motorcycle came factory with a centered pad. Now, on the other side of it is some motorcycles come with an organic compound. So we'll, we'll start with the organic, but we'll also list the centered as an upgrade for it. And the biggest thing that would limit somebody is if their bike came with iron rotors. Now, with an iron rotor you can't use a centered pad on it because the different materials, they don't mesh well. And what it'll do is create hot spots on the rotor and then start making noises and everything else. So with iron rotors, you always want to stick with an organic material. So that would be the one limitation is if your bike came equipped with iron rotors and you haven't switched them to say a stainless steel rotor. How can you tell if it's iron or stainless steel? You have to go off of your manufacturer uh, recommendation, or sorry, your manufacturer's build sheet. But mainly, the biggest way you can tell is the thickness of it. Iron rotors are generally thicker and pretty substantially. Your standard uh, stainless steel rotor is about five millimeters thick. So anything over five millimeters is generally an iron rotor, which you don't really see them too often nowadays. And if you're actually looking at an EBC book, we have notations on it. We have a big old star next to them and there's not very many that we have that are still uh iron rotors mm. most of them are a g3000 german rolled uh steel stainless steel right okay so so most bikes will be stainless steel rotors nowadays and i guess you could take a magnet to it as well that would give you an indication yeah, yeah you, you could do that sorry you could do that yeah, yes right. okay now um as as far as the, the rotor goes itself how do you know that the rotor is getting worn out uh, so you just want to kind of visually inspect it, see if there's any grooves on it, and then uh, measure it. So you want to know what the tolerance is of that rotor. Each one will have different tolerances on it. Uh, if it's a floating rotor, the first sign of wear on a floating rotor will start to be that the, uh, the bobbins will start to come loose on it. Uh, you'll start hearing clickings, you know, and stuff like that. Normally, if you got about a half millimeter to maybe one millimeter of tolerance on, on a rotor. Uh, there's other ways that you can take it off. There's some uh, old school technicians that I know um, that will take it off, put it on a slab of granite and see if it's got developed any kind of run out, which is also known as warping. Um, those are the different signs of it. And also a lip on the edge. Sorry, yes, and, and the lip on the edge. So uh, that'll mainly be caused if, because uh, the pad friction puck is a lot smaller than the actual backing plate. 
so if you start getting down to the term metal to metal, that's where you'll start developing the the lips and stuff like that. Okay, so how do we choose a, a, a brake pad then? So we're you know I'm going to go get something for my my adventure bike. What do I do? So like I said, they're uh, they're just like the tires. You got to kind of look at your riding ability. Uh, your style of riding, what you're going to be doing with the motorcycle, um, and then also what your your budget is on them as well. Because like you said, there are some brake pads, uh, even in our line, that are on the lower price end, and then we have some that are on the higher price end. So with an adventure bike, you can pretty much never go wrong with a double H centered pad. Um, that's pretty much in a medium medium range of it uh that's right in between our low-end uh organic friction material and then what would be considered our high-end centered materials and most bikes are coming with that double h centered pad so it can handle any kind of terrain that you can throw at it whether you're going to be an adventure rider that's sticking strictly to highways um or if you're an adventure rider sticking strictly to back road or you're mixing it up uh, both ways. Uh, and the double H pad is not going to be strictly for the adventure tour customer. Uh, if you have an adventure customer that also has say a Yamaha R1 or a Ducati or something like that, that they ride on the street, but do a track day here and there, the double H pad will still be able to handle those track scenarios. Okay. So we've got double H in here. Can you talk about that? What, the, the, what that means? So the double H is uh, how we reference uh, the friction materials on it. So a double H is always going to be a centered. So if you're kind of dissecting an EBC part number, um, you'll have for a particular motorcycle, just for example, it'll be FA123HH. So the HH on the end of it is going to uh, identify it as a centered pad. So what else can you get other than HH? Uh, so for the HH pads, we're, so we're also going to have our SV pad, which is a severe duty, our X pad, our R pad, which are different type, two different styles of semi centers. And then going up in the friction material, uh, centered compounds, we're going to have our EPFAs and our GPFA Xs. Those are both still double H pads, but those are going to be higher centered friction materials for your track days and just guys who just need more braking, who need even more gravity of a pad, then we're going to start moving into the EPFAs and GPFAX. Wow. It seems like it's getting more complicated instead of less complicated as we, as we yes. dig in further. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I reference it as when it comes to tires, because the tire world is just like the brake world. There's so many different styles and compounds of both of the, in, both of the industries that are tailored to certain styles of riding and certain styles of bikes. So it, it does start to go up in it. Uh, that's why I always recommend for your average Adventure rider, just average motorcycle rider in general, uh, the double H pad is always a really, really good pad for it. It's not to say that it's a it's a catch all and for everybody, because there are some uh, lower friction material pads that work a lot better for, uh, say, your Harley Davidson customer who's just doing long haul stuff. They really, really like our V pad, which is a semi centered pad versus a full uh, centered pad. But most of my off-road guys that I, I deal with, they all really like a centered pad because they like the grabbiness of it. Because off-road, they, they kind of break late. 
you know, or they need a break in, a, in an instant because something jumped out at them or someone cut them off on a track or something like that, or like an adventure guy. So I, I've seen some videos of some adventure guys getting into some pretty hairy terrain on like sides of mountains and stuff. And they just need that friction material to lock those brakes up to prevent them from, you know, going down a hill that they don't want to go down. Or if they've stalled going up something, they want to stop right there. So that's why the, the centered pads, the double H pads are a really good pad for your segment. We're going to take a quick break while I share two things with you. But when we come back, we're going to talk about brake fade. Now, if you've ever been on a very long downhill ride, you may have experienced this. It's scary, it's frustrating, and there is a way around it. Stay with us. The Red Rock Garage is a coffee shop with a motorcycle addiction. It's a motorcycle destination. It's kind of like, I mean, I guess you could say the um, Ace Cafe of Canada, in a way. It's in British Columbia on Highway 33 in Beaverdale. Now, grab a pen and and paper because I want you to write that down because you're going to want to remember the name of that town, Beaverdale. It's just north of Washington State and has some incredible riding in the area. Now, our friends at the Red Rock Garage run a coffee shop um, that is described as a coffee shop with a motorcycle addiction. That's why people go there. The owners are addicted to motorcycling. They have fuel, camping. They even run a and b so you, you don't have to plan too much. Just set your GPS and enter Beaverdale in British Columbia, Canada. And there in the heart of Beaverdale is the Red Rock Garage on the high, on the side of Highway 33. Drop by their website. Have a look at, at what all the fuss is about. It's www.redrockgarage.ca. And of course, the .ca means Canada. And uh, if you're into back roads and trails, this is your destination. It's got plenty of that. It's got plenty of paved riding. And it's en route to a lot of other uh, destinations if you're headed there. The Red Rock Garage in Beaverdale, British Columbia. And, uh, of course, when you drop by or emailing them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. RedRockGarage.ca They are CAS certified 17-4 stainless steel. Their certified heat treating process is a homogenizing and annealing process that they do. They're built in the USA. They're warranted for life. I'm talking about IMS foot pegs. IMS products, foot pegs. The website is imsproducts.com. They've been around since 1976, making hard parts for motorcyclists. They developed an incredible reputation for making top quality parts and accessories. And they have a full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs for us riders. No matter what your style, whether you want a large peg or whether you want a small peg, you need a proper peg to give you that connection between you and your motorcycle that you not only deserve, but you need to ride properly, to, to ride efficiently. Their website is imsproducts.com. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. imsproducts.com. So as, as getting a sort of a mindset here for the brake pads, organic is softer, easier on the rotors. It's going to wear out much faster. They're less expensive. As you get into sintered, they're a much harder pad. I guess one of the downsides is they can be a little noisy, but um, they're going to last much longer and they're more expensive and maybe very, as you said, very slightly harder on the rotors. Correct. Yes. Okay. And 
if we sort of keep that in mind, maybe that's a maybe an easier way to try and think it through of, of what you want from your brake pad. So let's just say, as an example, if um, if somebody was had an adventure bike, and adventure bikes are big and heavy, say an eight hundred, you know, a thousand cc sort of thing, and they're riding a lot of street, but they're also riding a lot of dirt where they're getting into mud, etc. Would they still be looking at that um, centered HH pad? Correct. Yes. So that would be. Uh, that'd be a really, really good pad for, for that customer. Uh, like say like you, the bikes reference or like an Africa twin or that style bike, uh, the double H pad, it'll still hold the same friction characteristics. Uh, once you go through a mud puddle or a river and then you hop right back on the road, you won't notice a fade in the brake pad. Uh, you it'll stay consistent all the way through. So what sort of problems would you solve by changing from one pad to another? Uh, it really all just depends on the problems that you're having. So if you're having, if you have an organic material on there now uh, and it's starting, it's fading out on you when you're going through water or you're overheating it because you're in, you're riding through Death Valley or something like that. So moving up to the double H centers, that will solve those issues. But if you're already at a double H centered and you're needing a little bit more grabbiness or you are experiencing a lot more heat, then you can start moving up into the EPFA, which will handle a little bit more heat on it and it'll be slightly grabbier. And harder on the rotors. Uh, it's about the same. About the same. It's not, yeah, it's not much more. Can, um, do you have any tips for changing brake pads? Now, if this is outside of your expertise, then it's no problem. But but if it isn't, do you have any tips for that? Uh, my biggest tip for if you're going to tackle a brake job on your own is just refer to your owner's manual. Go off of how the factory suggests it to be done. Uh, use, if they're saying to lube certain points, always change that. And then the biggest thing that uh, a lot of people overlook is the break-in that's detailed on the packages is to do that. It's about 10 to 20 stops that's uh, clearly outlined on the packages and also on our uh, website. Clean the rotors off. You want to make sure there's no uh, like high deposit of friction material from the old brake pads. Uh, and that's done. Just You can run your finger over it. Uh, obviously, if it's safe to do so, you don't want to do it when the rotor's hot or anything like that. Uh, you can run your finger over it and see if there's any high spots on it. Uh, try to remove that stuff. And then the other big thing that always gets looked over when doing brakes is servicing brake fluid. Um, we do offer two different types of brake fluid. Uh, we have our standard uh, .4, .5, and then we also have racing style brake fluid. Um, so those are the big things that always always look at that always gets looked over because uh, brake fluid, depending on the bike, can go service increments of thousands of miles. Uh, so a lot of a lot of guys don't really ever change that out or flush the system or anything. Why do you need to break in pads? Uh, so the break in man is because there's already groove marks on the existing rotors and you're putting a brake pad that has a flat surface on it. So you just need it to kind of make, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together is how I describe it to some guys and you want it to fit perfectly on it. So once you first put them on, you have an uneven surface and an even surface. So they're going to not mesh well together. So that's why when you're doing the 10 to 20 heart uh, stops with them, when you first put them on, you're bedding it in and you're kind of, you're putting the puzzle pieces together. 
I love the puzzle piece analogy. That's great. <laughs> that's that's very descriptive. Uh, I think it's the way that I explain it to, to a lot of a lot of people who are just now getting into the motorcycle world and the performance aspect of it when it comes to the braking and everything else. So that's just the easiest way for uh, for it to be to be explained. Why do you have to take your time though with the brake in? Like, why not just go out and use them normally and and they'll seat in? So you. So if you just go out and do it right away, what you risk happening is brake fade. And with brake fade, when that happens is it's the gases build up between the rotor and the brake pad. And it essentially could be an unsafe stop. So if you're trying to come up to a stop sign and the brakes just essentially don't grab onto the rotor and they could glaze over and you're just not getting the maximum performance out of that brake pad. So brake fade is is gas building up between the pad and the rotor. Correct, yeah. So that's why you don't really experience it too much on a motorcycle because all the motorcycle rotors are drilled. There's holes on it to disperse those gases. The main thing that you get is the glazing of the brake pad and the rotor. Um, but yeah, the brake fade is actually, uh, it's more so felt in the automotive world because of the gas, because you got a, a solid rotor that doesn't have any drill holes through it. And those gases don't escape as easily. So it's yeah, it's a pocket of gas that uh, builds up between the friction material and the rotor. Yeah, if if you've ever felt it in a vehicle, it's it's unnerving beyond belief. It's very because, scary. Yes, right, yes. Especially because you if lose your brakes. Yeah, you essentially lose uh, you lose all your brakes, and it's uh, it's very scary, especially if you're coming into a corner or someone it, it, on a track or something like that comes out in front of you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't take long to happen either. I know that you get into some steep mountain passes going down them, and if you ride the brakes, which you shouldn't be doing, Mm -hmm. but if you ride the brakes and heat them up, they're gone in no time. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's a big thing and that that could happen. Uh, especially like you said, you you nailed it perfectly with that, with steep mountain passes because you get stuck in traffic or something like that. And the guy in front of you is, is riding their brakes, which causes you to ride your brakes. And then it's just a snowball effect from there. Brake fade is an interesting topic. And um, like Stephen said, the, it, we don't deal with it too much with motorcycles because most motorcycles have drilled rotors uh, or slots in them or whatever. But automobiles, you'll notice it more in. And I'll tell you, it, it is it's just a, a very, very scary thing when it happens to you. But it's interesting how it happens. So you've got an organic pad that has these organic compounds in it that have a much lower operating temperature than sintered pads. So they're kind of softer overall. And those organic compounds are made up of different resins, which bond all the materials in the pad or puck together. And when the pad is heated beyond its operating temperature, that compound, the the resin in there, kind of boils. Except it's more like like the boil goes straight from a boil to a gas, and, and there's no liquid in between. As Stephen was saying, it gets trapped in there, and when this... um materials overheated it just keeps producing it and that boiling that gas that comes out it actually pushes the caliper and the piston back there you go there's part of your brake fade right there increasing the gap between the pad and the rotor and to make matters worse then it reduces friction as well when friction is exactly what you want obviously when you're putting the brakes on now there's some ways to try and deal with this problem like the the cuts in the rotors and the drilled holes etc but the real thing is is the the only way to really um, avoid this is to get the proper pad for what you're doing so if you're doing a track day it would be prudent for you to choose a pad with a higher operating temperature most likely sintered and if you aren't running vented rotors already then that could be an option for you to swap to a slotted or vented uh, drilled rotor 
Also, if you're riding a lot in the mud or dirt, then centered is probably your best bet, like Stevens already said, because they're grabbier, more aggressive. Even though you're not operating at the higher temperature, you may want that grippier pad, right, to overcome the the water and the mud that, that is, gets circulated around when you're driving through some uh, gooey situation with your bike. Now, I've tried organic pads on the front of my bike before and noticed a huge difference in wet braking power. It, it's almost like you were like I was losing my brakes. It's like they were overheating. So choosing the correct pad, think about it. Get the right one for your intended use. Anything else you think a motorcyclist should know before they buy a set of brake pads? Uh, Like I tell everybody is just do your research. Uh, Make sure you're selecting the correct brake pad for your riding style. Uh, Everybody's riding style is different. Uh, You could ride with the same group of of people every weekend that are all running an HH pad, but it may turn out that the organic pad may be good for you. So I just like to tell everybody, just read up on them, do your homework, and just make the best selection for you. That's great, Steve. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. That was Stephen Wollner. He is the technical manager at EBC USA and Gary Taylor. He is the technical manager for EBC Brakes in the UK. Hey, I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin who works in the background and to you the listener, thank you very much for making this happen. Now, we need your support. If you're not doing it already, we need you to step up and support Adventure Rider Radio. Think about what you get from a cup of coffee or, or whatever else is you buy with with a little you know, small amounts of money and then think about the value you get from that and then think about Adventure Rider Radio and what you get from that. Drop by our website AdventureRiderRadio.com Click on support. We get a bunch of different ways you can do it. Anything $50 or more gets you a a shout out on a raw show. Anything $10 or more gets you a sticker and there's varying things in between. And we would love to get you signed up for our patron team. Anyway, time to get out there and ride your bike if you can. Oh, and I I almost forgot. We've got the latest episode of Raw out um, and we had a lot of fun making this one. Raw is a separate show that we do. It's a monthly show. You need to subscribe separately to that. Uh, You can see that on our website. And of course, you can get it anywhere podcasts are found. There's a whole group of us on there. Anyway, get out there and ride your bike if you can. My name's Jim Martin. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I'm Billy Ward, sometimes known as Billy Bike Truck, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 